This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Let's all just pray together. Let's remain standing. Father, we thank you as we stand before you now for your grace and mercy. As I come to teach you today, I thank you for anointing upon my mind that I might grasp the revelation that will rise in abundance from my heart within. Thank you now for supernatural recall of the scripture. And I believe that your word will flow from our mouth smoothly, accurately, clearly, without hindrance from anything, carried by your anointing, your power, and your love to each person's mind under the sound of my voice, bringing understanding, removing confusion, and that your word will enter every heart under the sound of my voice, bringing faith, removing all fear, for which we give you all the praise, honor, and glory for all that's revealed and accomplished through your word and by your spirit here today. In Jesus' wonderful name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. San Antonio and Jasper, thank you very much. Praise the Lord. All right, this morning's message as we kick off Celebration 2023 is titled, By God's Grace, We Will, or we, By God's Grace, We Are Well Able to Take Back What the Devil Has Stolen. So that by God's grace, I'm well able to take back what the devil has stolen. Open your Bible to John 15, verse 5, or look up at the screens. I encourage you all to bring Bibles with you to celebration and bring a pen so you can write in it, please, right? Amen. John 15, 5, the Lord Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Please say that. Without Jesus, I can do nothing. And nothing means nothing because that is what nothing means. Do we get that? So when Jesus said, the creator of all things said, we can do nothing without him, that means we can do nothing without him. I know that doesn't seem real, but it's the truth. It's a fact, right? We can't even breathe, breathe without him, family. James 1, verse 7, please. Without faith, let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. So that without faith... I can receive nothing from God. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 5. Our only power and success come from God. Please say that. My only power, my only success comes from God. Say this. There's no other success outside of trusting God for it. So here we have three witnesses these three verses, explaining that we need to depend on God. That should be clear enough. Um, there are many more. Now, if I'm worried, if I'm anxious, if I'm unfulfilled, if I feel like I'm caught in the rat race, if I feel like I have no hope of improving, then I'm struggling in my own strength. That's the reason. I'm struggling in my own strength. Unfortunately, many Christians depend on their own human ability trying to live by their own strength. We have all heard the saying, God helps those who help themselves. 
Have you heard that? God helps those who help themselves. In other words, go and do it. And if you fail, God will make up the difference. He'll help you along the way. It doesn't work like that. That is actually back to front. Back to front. The truth is, God helps those who trust in Him instead of trusting in their own ability, but rather depend on God to work through their natural ability like a glove on God's hand. So how do I do that simply? How do I do it simply? Say this with me, please, everybody. I can do this through Christ who strengthens me. I can do whatever I have to do through Christ who strengthens me. Christ puts me over. Now, you see, when you say that, you're releasing faith in God's ability to work for you and through you, and you're not depending on your own strength, then you see God anoint your human efforts and resources. A good example to illustrate the difference between those who understand grace and those who don't is a well-known story of the children of Israel going to the promised land of Canaan. God wanted them to go into the promised land. God wanted to give them houses that they did not build. God wanted them to eat from fruit trees that they did not plant. God was very happy with these children, receiving free of charge these things that they had not worked for. Because He is a loving, merciful, gracious God. The children of Israel could not see God's intention. They could not focus on God's ability. They could not grasp or understand God's love and grace. And this is a problem in our world today. I've heard so many people say, I know God will do it for others, but I just didn't believe He'd do it for me. And this is because folks don't understand the mercy and grace and love of God. That's why they say that. And that was the problem the children of Israel had arriving at the promised land of Canaan. All they could see was the giants ahead of them. Like so many Christians, they can only see their problems standing like mountains or giants ahead of them. God never intended for the Israelites to take possession of Canaan in their own strength. God never intended for us to deal with life's challenges in our own strength. This is a type, a shadow, an example of how we are to overcome the flesh, the world, and the devil. And believe it or not, our biggest enemy in this life is not the devil, it's the flesh. This is an example of how we are to overcome life's challenges. Forty years later, this became clearer to us when we see what God said to the younger generation of Israelites after they had already conquered Canaan 
All right, we're going to read a portion of Scripture now that God spoke to the Israelites after they had already conquered Canaan. You got it? Remember now, the older generation didn't trust God when they arrived at the border, and they had to spend 40 years in the desert until they all died, and their children came with Joshua and Caleb and conquered the land after the 40 years. So let's see then what God tells them. Joshua 24, please, in verse 11. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. God says to the children of Israel, <clears throat> who are now settled in Canaan, God said, when you crossed the Jordan River and came to Jericho, the men of Jericho fought against you. There were also many others who fought you, including the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. But I gave you victory over them. So God said, I gave you victory over all these battles. Verse 12. And I sent hornets ahead of you to drive out the two kings of the Amorites. It was not your swords or bows that brought you victory. It was not your swords or bows that brought you victories. It wasn't your bow and arrow. It wasn't your sword. Yes, they used swords. Yes, they used bow and arrows. But God said, that wasn't what got you the victory. Verse 13, I gave you land you had not worked for. I gave you cities you did not build. The cities in which you are now living, I gave you vineyards and olive groves for food, though you did not plant them. God tells Israel, even though they fought with swords and killed thousands of enemies, it was not the sword that brought victory. It was God's love, grace, and mercy that gave them the victory. He fought for them. God did it. God deserves all the glory. He fought through them like a glove on his hand. However, the children of Israel did not enter Canaan, the first attempt, because of unbelief. The Bible tells us when they arrived at Canaan after leaving Egypt, in Hebrews 3 verse 19, so we see that they could not enter the promised land because of unbelief. So Paul writes this in the book of Hebrews in the New Testament, that the children of Israel could not enter Canaan, the first attempt, because of what? Unbelief. Unbelief. It was God the Father who planned and organized and strategized their deliverance from Egypt. God initiated it. God did it. It was God the Father's love, His mercy, and His grace that brought them out. Not believing that this same God of mercy who brought them out of Egypt would be able to take them into Canaan, cost the older generation their destiny. Cost the older generation their destiny. They missed their destiny, the purpose for which they were born, because they did not realize God is a God of mercy and grace. 
He delivered them from Egypt. He will conquer the Canaanites. Say this, please, everybody. By not trusting in a loving, merciful God, the older generation of Israelites missed their destiny. Now, we all know that they died in the wilderness, afraid and frustrated. They spent 40 years there till they all died, afraid and frustrated. That's the end result of all who try and do things for themselves in the flesh. That's the end result of all those who try and accomplish life's goals, beat life's challenges, depending on their own ability, ignoring God's help. That's the end result of everybody that tries that. They'll end up frustrated, defeated, living in the wilderness. We all know that they died in the wilderness, afraid and frustrated. The older generation of Israelites imagined they had to conquer the giants for God in their own strength. That's what they thought. I have to conquer these giants for God with my own strength. And unfortunately, so many Christians have that attitude. It's a wrong attitude. It's a wrong attitude. It's never going to work. You can't do things for God in your strength. The Lord is the strength of my life. Psalm 27. The Lord is the strength of my life. The old children of Israel imagined they had to do this for God. Now by determination, by willpower, the only way is going to be done by faith and mercy in God. By faith in a merciful God. You can be determined, use all your willpower, you're going to fail. The only way is by faith in a merciful God. We've got to know He's merciful. So they turned their backs on their destiny. They turned their backs on their inheritance. They could not face the challenges of life. The children, sorry, their children conquered the giants 40 years later by trusting in a loving, merciful God. The Apostle Paul gives Timothy a young pastor, some very good advice to help him succeed in his ministry. The Apostle Paul writes in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. That's a message that I take to heart as a pastor because young Timothy was a pastor. Right. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. If we struggle in our ministries, it's because we're trying to do this in our own strength. We've got to let God do it through us. We've got to say, Father, you are building your church through me, and I have your wisdom. Amen? And you say that with everything you do in life. Say this, I believe I have God's wisdom and God's ability to take care of everything I have to do. Amen. Be confident in the grace of God to help you. Because you believe in Jesus, His grace is available. Depending on the grace of God will enable us to fulfill our purpose. Depending on the grace of God 
will enable us to do our work, to overcome life's challenges, to pray in faith, to use our authority. Depending on the grace of God will enable us to listen to God's voice without being concerned that we won't hear His voice. Depending on God's grace will help us achieve our goals that God has given us and fulfill the destiny God has placed before us. Once again, remember, everything we receive from God comes through the Word, including mercy and grace, so that everything I receive from God comes through the Word, including God's mercy and grace. Remember, if we persist on depending in our own ability and ignoring God's help, God in His mercy will stand by and watch us fail. Yes, God in His mercy will stand by and watch us fail. He will not rescue us if we are depending on our own strength. Finally, when we cry out to God, I can't do this, I give up, then God will rescue us. Finally then, we begin resting in Him by taking one of God's promises, meditating on the promise, until rest comes, peace comes, and then declare the promise against your circumstance. Say this please. Father God, you have now got this. I give my problem to you. You have got it. You are solving it. Say this, even though I can't see it, you are working, fixing everything in my life. Thank you. You are working and fixing everything in my life. Praise God. When you say that, God goes to work. Hallelujah. The Lord is the strength of my life. With the Lord's strength, I'm able to carry out all my duties and responsibilities. Say that. With the Lord's strength, I'm able to carry out all my duties and responsibilities. Then God will pour out His abundant blessing on our lives then God will pour out His abundant blessings on our lives. Now we know that God gave Adam absolute authority over all the work of his hands. The Bible tells us so in Genesis 1, 26, and Psalm 8, verse 6. God gave Adam authority over the stars, the universe, all creation, all demons, and all angels. Adam was in charge. When Adam ate the forbidden fruit, he gave himself and the entire human race and all God's creation to Satan, God's enemy. Again, when Adam ate the forbidden fruit, he gave, he gave all that God gave him to the devil. Everything that God created was given to Adam including himself, he gave it all to the devil and made Satan the God of this world and made Satan Lord 
of uh, the human race. And from that moment, all creation fell under a curse and took on Satan's nature. All creation took on Satan's nature. It was immoral, but it was legal. Satan had legal authority to be the God of this world, according to 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4. God had to redeem man, and at the same time, God had to show perfect justice to Satan in all points. God could not overrule his word that had gone out, and Satan was now taking advantage of that, and God had to allow the devil to run his course. You see, Satan's lease is man's lease on this planet. And man's lease has already run out. I believe we're in overtime. I believe the millennium reign, the seventh day, the thousand-year reign of Christ, is behind schedule, and God in His mercy has allowed us to win more souls. That is why God the Son came to the earth in a human body. He was born of a virgin, perfect man and perfect God in one human body. He was tempted in every way as we are tempted, but by the grace of God, he never sinned. He could have. He could have sinned. Otherwise, there would not be a temptation. Now, on the cross, the Father placed on Christ every sin of the entire human race from Adam placed on Christ. And God judged and punished Christ for that sin. He went to hell and suffered the penalty of our sin in the fires of hell for three days. When justice was met, he rose from the dead and conquered Satan. He then ascended to the right hand of the Father and sat down in absolute victory. Because of what he did, because of what Christ did on our behalf, as a man in our place, because of that, every sinner of all ages can now legally accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and be saved. Every sinner can now be saved and transferred out of Satan's kingdom into Christ's kingdom. Because of what Christ did, they can, every sinner can receive eternal life, which is life as God has it. It is God's substance. It is the substance of God. It is God's nature and God's character. Every sinner can now receive God's nature and God's character and God's life. Every sinner can exercise authority over Satan and demons once they've accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. They can have, they have the right to go to heaven for all eternity. Every man, woman, and child has the right to have their prayers answered. Every man, woman, and child has the right to use the name of Jesus when they give their life to Christ. They have the right to protect, to the protection given to them by the Father's angels. They have a right to call God their Heavenly Father because of what Jesus has done. 
They have a right to invite the mighty Holy Spirit to live in them. They have the right to pray in a supernatural heavenly language called other tongues and see God work supernaturally on their behalf. They have the right to go in the rapture because they've given their life to Jesus. Because of this great work of God's love and mercy and grace, we never need to be weak spiritually. We never need to suffer in poverty. We never need to live in sickness. We never need to live in lack because of what Christ has done by His love, grace, and mercy. We never need to lack. And we never need to lack wisdom. We can have God's wisdom for every choice and decision we have to make. We don't have to beg God for anything anymore. We are sons and daughters in the family. We are sons and daughters in the family. <clears throat> and we have as much right as any children in any family have to go to the fridge and take something out without even asking for it. Because it's already given and provided for by the cross. We are instead to focus now our attention on the great needs of the unsaved. Since all of our needs are met legally, we need to focus our needs on the great harvest of unsaved people. And we need to have a heart of compassion for the needs of hurting humanity. We need to allow the Father to work through us like a glove on His hand. We need to remember God can do nothing unless He does it through the church, His body. We are His body on the earth. We are His hands on the earth. God the Father can do nothing on the earth unless He does it through us. If He was going to do it on His own, it would have been done by now. The world's problems would have been solved by now. God the Father has made Himself totally dependent on us, his body. If we do not cooperate with God, God is powerless to operate on the earth. God is powerless to help hurting humanity unless the church steps up. God is limited to our prayers. God longs to help hurting humanity, suffering humanity. But he is waiting for us to pray so he can act. God is waiting for us to pray so he can act. He is the head. He needs a body as much as the body needs the head. We are one man. We have received all this grace, family of God, all of this mercy. It's available to us. Let's be strong in the grace of God. And let's charge on for Jesus. Amen? Let's charge on for Jesus. Now, this is the beginning of celebration. We're going to talk about this. We're going to take back what Satan has stolen. We have no need to let the devil run all over us. It's time we run over him now. And that's what we're going to do at this celebration.
Praise God. Every head bowed in San Antonio, every head bowed here in Johannesburg, please. We'll carry on on Monday night with part two of my series. Every head bowed, please. Every eye closed. Workers, if you'll please get in position. How many of you would say, Dr. Theo, I do not know Jesus. I do not know if I'm going to heaven. I do not know if I'm going to burn the fires of hell. I hope to go to heaven. I just don't know. Can you help me, please? Yes, I can. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I'm going to pray a little prayer in a moment for all of those who want the assurance in their heart that they are God's child, that they will go to heaven, that God has forgiven them for their sins. I'm going to pray a prayer, and God is going to put that assurance in their heart today, and they're going to go home changed. They're going to go home knowing that all is well. If you invite God to speak to you, He will. If we don't, He won't. So when I count to three, if you'll raise your hand, that'll be your signal, signal to God that you are wanting God to hear my prayer and put peace and understanding and assurance in your heart that you are going to heaven one day. So while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I'm going to pray now. But before I do, I'm counting three. Please slip that hand up when I count. If you want to have that assurance. You ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Thank you. Thank you. I see hands raised. I see hands raised. I don't want the devil running my life anymore. Apostle Theo, I don't want the devil being my puppeteer. I don't want him living inside of me. I want Jesus in my heart now from today. I want to give my life to Jesus. So while heads are bowed, while eyes are closed, put your hands up right now, wherever you may be sitting, in San Antonio or here, while heads are bowed, eyes are closed. This is your moment. Very important. The biggest decision you've ever made in your life. We're talking about eternity here. Life and death. All right. I'm going to pray. Now, somebody is coming to put their hands on your shoulders to let you know that we love you and Jesus loves you while I pray. While I pray. Okay? So I'm going to invite you all to stand up with your hands raised for this prayer. Wherever you may be, with your hand raised, stand up for this prayer. In San Antonio, please stand right now next to that worker who's got their hand on your shoulder to let you know we love you and Jesus loves you while we pray. All right? Now I'm going to ask you, please, all of you to come forward to the platform in San Antonio and also here in Johannesburg. Come forward. Come workers. Bring those people to me. Bring those people to the front. Give a big hand as they come. Give a big hand as they come. Please don't sit down. This is the most important decision of your life. Jesus died naked on the cross for you. The least you can do today is step up to show that you are grateful. 
but you are grateful. Come on down right now. Come and stand in front here. Come and stand in front. Bring him down here, please. Stand with him. Don't go back to your seat. Stay here with him. If you bring them down, stand next to them. Praise the Lord. All right. Now about all of you and everybody back in the audience, all of you in San Antonio as well, everybody, let's say this little prayer together, especially you in the front. Let's say the prayer out loud. Here we go. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on that cross in my place. God punished you for my sins so I can be forgiven. Thank you, Jesus, for taking, taking my punishment. Come into my heart. Save my life. Thank you, Jesus. From this moment, I declare Jesus is the Lord of my life, and I will live for you, Jesus, with all of my heart till I see you face to face on that wonderful day. Thank you, Jesus, because I invited you into my heart. I am now a Christian. I am born into the family of God. I am God's child. I'm bound for heaven. I'm saved. Praise you, Jesus. I'm so grateful. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Say, I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Fulmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.